Hola, welcome to the Latina, Lesbi y Que podcast, where we capture the stories of the lives of lesbian, bisexual, and queer Latinas. Danny Solorio is our guest on today's podcast. I invited her to talk about her entrepreneurial drive and her intersectional identity as an undocumented immigrant and lesbian, and how it has driven her to build a beautiful life for herself and her wife. She has a gentle way about her and has a sincere yet passionate dream of bringing health to her community. I hope that you enjoyed Danny as much as I enjoyed interviewing her. I want to welcome Danny Solorio from the Compton Health Bar. Thank you, Danny, for joining us and sharing your story with everybody. I think you really have a great and sincere story that I think a lot of people will will relate to. So this is why I invited you, because you have a really positive energy, and I think that you will inspire some people out there. Thank so I you. want to welcome you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Vero, for, for having me. I really appreciate you inviting me. It's It's an honor to be here, and I'm excited. So, Danny, tell me a little bit about yourself. Let's get to know you. Where did you grow up? Like, what part of the city did you grow up in? And and tell me a little bit about your ethnicity so that we can get to know you. Well, I'm originally from Zacapu, Michoacán. Uh, Zacapu is a small town mm-hmm. in the state of Michoacán wow. in, in Mexico. And my parents brought me here when I was six, uh, along with the rest of our family. Oh, so do you, you remember Zacapu? Oh, yeah, I do, actually. Mm-hmm. I have some great, great memories in, in Zacapu. I remember getting where we used to walk over to get our milk. I remember our the streets. I remember the little abarrotes store mm-hmm. where we got our groceries. I remember uh, I have a lot of great memories there. Do you remember immigrating from uh, Michoacán to Los Angeles? I sure do. Uh, yeah, what do you remember about that? So... I remember, first of all, that my parents told me that we were going on some sort of a vacation. And we were never told that we were, like, leaving Sacapu in search mm-hmm. of a better, you know, yeah, life elsewhere. Because would you have really understood that at that time? <laughs> Not at all. Like, yeah. But I do remember one of my tias, uh, like, crying when she was saying mm. goodbye. And did that scare tia you? Gloria. It concerned me. I was like, why is he so upset? Like, uh-huh. like we're just going on a vacation, tia. Like, chill, you know? But... First, we were in uh, with my other tia in Tecate. We were there for about six months and actually went to school in Tecate for yeah for about six months. And it wasn't until my my dad's sister, Tia Irma, and her family traveled to see us in Tecate that they told us like you know hey you guys should come to you know come over to al otro lado yeah know, come check it out and see how it goes find work you'll be a lot better off than you're here in Tecate right now because we were struggling in Tecate with with my tia there and so my parents took a leap of faith uh, they took the invitation that my you know we'll forever be grateful to tia Irma and her family for welcoming us into their home in Linwood mm. and uh, once we arrived I was amazed. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I didn't know Limo was a hood, first of all. Like, I just thought it was amazing. I'd never seen, like, so many paved streets. I'd never seen so many 
buildings and the houses. Like they all had fireplaces. And, and, and you were only at what about seven years <laughs> I was old? Six, I was six, going on about to be seven actually. And, but I, I was amazed. I, I loved what I what I saw here. I was like, wow, like. I, you know, it's true what they say about Los Angeles and the U.S. that it's beautiful. <laughs> well, that's interesting and and very very cute that you remember that was your impression at, at six years old. Oh yeah, I remember and, like getting off the the freeway as we were getting off the one hundred and five to get off on Long Beach Boulevard. It just it was it was exciting. I I was just so excited to be here and prior to that i'd watched a lot of movies at home uh-huh. about you know terminator 2 was one of my, one of my oh, favorites yeah. it was filmed all there over was in la <laughs> it yeah. was filmed all over la so i was like oh my god it's exactly uh-huh. like the movie and it's so, one of my favorite movies too i love sci-fi i loved that movie and i love sci-fi myself so it was very exciting very exciting getting here so I, I remember very vividly what it was like just the excitement i think that's what i remember most most mm. of all the excitement mm-hmm. of being here mm-hmm. and you know the, the hope that I felt the hope oh that that's you felt the excitement right it's like a, a very intuitive of you too to to feel like something big was about to happen to you even at six years old and so you ended up growing up in in Linwood, Linwood yeah I went you to, stayed yeah, your family yeah, stayed my, there my, my family stayed there um uh, again my my tia Irma and her family they welcomed us uh, I think we were there with them for about a year and a half and then until eventually a few years later, no, I think maybe within a year or two, my parents were able to actually get a house, became our house for like 15 years mm-hmm. there. Grew up in Linwood, went to Linwood High School. I mean, I know Linwood like the back of my hand. Really? <laughs> so yeah. And I love, I, I love that community. Um, It's right next to Compton. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people jokingly call it Compton Jr. And um, in Compton is now where I have my business, where I'm there every day. And uh, it feels just like home. So in, it was in Linwood that you also came out, right? I mean, oh yeah, yeah. Linwood was where I came out, and uh, what was it like for you to be for you to do that? You had two, you have uh, uh, two very important identities happening here. I'm hearing you talk about your immigration status, and how did you manage your sexuality or sexual orientation? Well, I think I, I'm fortunate to to have grown up in a time where I started seeing more queer people around me in late middle school, like six. What year was grade. that? This is ninety nine, two thousand. Yeah. I I think I came out. I think it was two thousand one when I came out, and by then there was queer people mm-hmm. at school, right? And you know, flamboyant gay guys. That I was like, oh my god, I love that. They're amazing. <laughs> Look at them. Like I want to be a big butterfly just like uh-huh. them. And. So it's very fortunate to be in school at a time when there was already queer visibility. And right. um, and so I contemplated the idea. And I knew, I, I had always known, first of all, that. How old were you? When I knew or when I came out? Um, <laughs> when you knew. I think I must have been around five, maybe six oh, five, years old. Six yeah, I was years old? Very, wow. very, very young. In fact, I remember being... At my Tia Irma's house, and uh, one of my cousins was having a quinceañera practice in the backyard. And I remember her friends coming over, all these high school girls mm-hmm. coming over. And the feelings that I got when I saw the high school girls, I was like, oh, my God, they're so pretty. Look at them <laughs> practicing their quinceañera moves. And 
and I just didn't didn't understand like what why why I was feeling mm. that way. But it just I knew there was there was it was different. That is not the way that a girl's supposed to look at high school girls and. It, it just felt like something different. And when you were when you were a child, were you a, a, a tomboy? Because right now you have a you have a very masculine of center androgynous boi uh, mm-hmm. presentation. Definitely. Were you were you always 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 yeah. played with uh, with boys' toys? Never enjoyed playing. Um, I remember once my mom tried to get me to play with dolls, and then she set up a play date with me and my prima. And she's like, "Hey, you're mm-hmm. gonna play with your your prima Evelyn and dolls," and I had no idea what to do i was like i I can't you know so always a tomboy always loved playing with just just boys and always had crushes on girls (laughs) so yeah so it sounds like this wasn't very difficult for you to accept or to take on this part of your identity i don't think so no it wasn't i just always knew Mm -hmm. i think the the real difficult part became how to it Expressing it wasn't an issue. Mm-hmm. It was giving it a name, giving it a voice, giving it a like. What is this, right? And but, when and when did you give it a voice? When did you come out? I I think it was I was fourteen or fifteen. I think I was I was already fifteen. Wow, and, that was brave of you to do that so so young. Well, I, I kind of had to because oh, uh, yeah. it was during the time when um what happened we we didn't have cell phones yet, and so I was talking to this. Oh, girl. Remember those times? Oh, a lot of people yeah. don't remember those days when we, there were no cell phones. They didn't have cell phones yet. Darn the time of no cell phones mm-hmm. when there's multiple phones in the same household and somebody else can just pick up the phone and hear your conversation. Oh, yes. that's what happened. Um, I was on the phone with this girl that um. I was trying to dig out, you know, <laughs> and uh, we were talking and, uh, you know, was, I think it was more than just talking. I'm pretty sure we were already, you know, we had something going on and it was late at night and my mom must have heard me somewhere else in the in our small house in Linwood mm-hmm. on the phone and she picked up on her end and she just listened. She just listened. She just listened and it was very obvious to her that, first yep. of all, it's another girl on the phone with me. And that this is not just homework talk. Mm-hmm. That we're not gossiping about a boy. Right. And um, and she confronted me the next day. She was like, you know, I, I heard you talking to, to a girl. And, yeah. um, and what did you say? I was like, yeah, I... That's when... That was a coming out moment. I I had two options there. I could have mm-hmm. just made up, made up a story. Told her, you know, we're just practicing for a play. I could have said anything. But I was like, no. This is your moment. This is it. And I remember like feeling like, you know, my palms got sweaty and um, my heart started racing. And I told her, she's my girlfriend and I really like her. And her reaction was not the best. Definitely not what I would have hoped. And what was her reaction? She expressed disappointment Mm. and borderline... A little bit of disgust, actually. Oh wow! <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was, yeah it, was, it was it was painful. I think she, in her mind she was trying to maybe steer me in a different direction mm-hmm. by showing a visceral negative reaction, right? And you know, I was yeah, it was I definitely felt you know the rejection. I felt the you know I, I felt that she was because she interpreted it as like why is, why am I being punished? You know, where did I go wrong as a mom? That was her reaction, basically. You know, right. where did I go wrong as a mom? What have I done to deserve this? Mm-hmm. Um, 
I didn't raise you right. <laughs> you know, right. Like I clearly failed you somehow. And that sounds like my mother. Right. She said all the same things yeah. and it, was, it felt awful. It's a very Catholic Mexican uh-huh. waited home. yeah to react. To react. Uh, the world is striking me down through my daughter. Exactly. Like this is a, and she felt that way and even though I, I felt the rejection, I I can't say that I backed down from good for you. <laughs> from good the, for you. You have to live the, your truth. And yeah, so that, that's the way that she reacted. But you know, at this point, I was already out to my friends at school, mm-hmm. and being out, to, I was fortunate to have friends that were mostly queer themselves. Mm-hmm. So by the time I came out to my mom, the next day, I was I was sad at school, but I was able to you know, open up to my friends about it, tell them, hey, guys, this is what happened and this is how my mom reacted. And right. I felt super supported because yeah. by then I already had... I'm glad you had that. Yeah, I, I had had my liberation and my connection with my friends mm-hmm. already that I felt supported and they made it a lot easier for me to put my mom's reaction aside and just continue living my life. So they scooped you up Yeah, they, and they supported like, you. Know, you. it's okay, you know, it sucks, but... You know, but, and of course, you know, what that taught me at home was that I couldn't talk about it. It was just, it was a piece of me that I lived out and proudly outside of my house. Mm -hmm. But then when I came into the house, I was still tomboy. I was still me. I still dressed as myself. I just simply didn't talk about my love Mm -hmm. interest or my love life. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that is still something that happens to us that we were used to not talking about our, our love. I think in, in Mexican households in particular and Latinx households, and it's, it's common. I mean, we're such a predominantly Mm -hmm. Catholic culture that there is definitely a shift happening, Mm -hmm. but there's still a lot of rejection. And I, and I see it in, in friends that never did live their genuine lives. They, Mm -hmm. they never did quite get there and it's and it's sad yeah it's sad and it starts by not being able to talk about it not be able to come out like that Mm -hmm. which is what i'm trying to do with this podcast too to provide a space in which where we can share and talk about our love the way we we carry ourselves in the world how we build a better world and it's important it's important it's empowering you have the space thank you well thank you Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing your story and i think that's that's very courageous and and even even more powerful you also talked about your your immigration status as something that you you didn't talk about too so how did that feel to carry these two secrets these two big secrets Your sexuality um, and then your immigration status because you immigrated from Michoacan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we came here legally. So we were, um, uh, I was undocumented most of my life until 2017, actually. And I knew r- always, I, my parents never kept it a secret that we needed to keep, you know, lay low because mm-hmm. in Linwood in particular, you always heard stories of La Migra picking up somebody and then somebody else disappearing mm-hmm. and somebody else deported. And so... From the minute we arrived, I knew that that was a part of me that I could not tell anybody about. So you, you, did you have specific instructions to not talk about this topic? I didn't have specific instructions, but although my, my parents did tell me at one point, like not to, not to confide in people so easily when it came to that topic. Cause people sometimes as a vengeance or somebody got mad at you or somebody didn't like you and oh, wanted to get rid de of you. Chavan la migra. De chavan la migra, exactly. Uh-huh. So I grew up hearing that a lot. And so yeah. by the time I was a teenager and 
I knew that I was in two closets mm -hmm. at that point, um, in the queer closet and in the undocumented closet, it was too much. It was it was too much. I bet. I it sounds like it. it. And yeah. so when you had your chance to come out, you were like... Just kick the door off uh -huh. that closet at, right at off its one. hinges. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I need to be out. And so I was very much out and focused on my queer, genuine life out because I did not you know, even want to think about or talk about my undocumented status. And actually... And then it, how did that affect you as a teenager? Well, on one hand, I, you know, just being out of the closet was great because I, it was, it, I felt liberated mm -hmm. and I created a community around my, you know, myself that it felt more like a family. Right. And I felt very supported, very liberated in that, in that, liberated in that sense. But at the same time, there was this, this cloud that sort of loomed over me where, you know, I couldn't. Whereas where other people, you know, would travel with their families, where other people would talk about, you know, trips and college and in particular, that's, you know, college and leading up to the end of high school, it was something that I began realizing was not going to happen for me. Because of your immigration right. status. Yeah. At the time, there was no, no DACA. There was no scholarships for undocumented students. That is not that I knew about. Mm -hmm. And um, so... I kind of began losing hope in, in this whole college thing. You know, all my friends were excited about applying to colleges and, you know, taking our AP tests. I was in AP mm -hmm. classes. I was in gate classes. I had great grades, National Honor Society. But I feel like I did that more to be with my friends because all my friends were of that mentality yeah. of like, let's do good in school. Let's do really well. But you were smart enough to be in there. Definitely. Too, so then, yeah. Then. Yeah. No. And I, I, I was, I was happy to, to be there, but there was a part of me that was like, what's the point? It was very disempowering for you to know that mm -hmm. yeah. this wasn't for you because there was a point in history and very recent history where we did not have access to these opportunities because right. of our immigration status. Exactly. And at the time, there was definitely not, I didn't know of anything that, you know, was, was and I searched the, the, the young internet mm -hmm. at the time what mm -hmm. was available on Google pages. Yeah. But I didn't, couldn't find anything, you know, for undocumented students. So, you know, it, it affected everything I did and everything I didn't do, my undocumented status. You know, it, it affected how I interacted with people. It affected even my relationships. Like, I didn't get into any serious relationships. How come? Because I didn't want to reveal that part of myself. Like, getting really close to somebody meant having to open that up. And I did not want to do that because I would even hear stories of, like, you know, when a lover is scorned and they want to get rid of you, oh, de chan la amiga. <laughs> yeah. For most of my dating life, it wasn't until actually my wife was my longest, most serious relationship. And even with my wife. Mm hmm We were together for two years before I finally told her I was undocumented. And why did you tell her that you were undocumented? Why did I tell her? Uh -huh. How how did that come to be? I I think I just couldn't take it anymore. I needed to just to tell her because you know the more serious our relationship got. I mean, it was serious from the mm -hmm. beginning. It was never mm -hmm. casual. Uh, the more serious it got, the more future plans we started making together. Oh. The, the heavier it became for me. Right. And I remember we were getting ready to move out of the house that we were 
we were living in. Oh, so you were living with her, and she yeah, didn't know we, this we, important yeah, we, part we of that. We had been living together from for two years almost, and she didn't know. Wow, Danny, you really, you're really, you're like a vault. Huh? <laughs> you can really hold on to these things. Oh yeah, no, I remember we even like uh, took a trip to Austin, and I managed to like go and come back, uh, you know, and, and take a flight with mm-hmm. her. And still not tell her uh, why I could why I didn't have a, a California ID. I made up a story about like why I didn't have it on me, why I preferred to fly with my Mexican passport, and like you know, yeah. And and I and I couldn't take that. I felt really bad lying to her, mm-hmm. and it also felt really heavy. You know, when she would talk about future plans, and we wanted to make these plans together, that I knew might not. Come you might- true, might not materialize, and, and at the time, gay marriage was not legal yet. So it just, you know, left us in a place where I was like, "It was I, I, I can't give her, you this world. Yeah, I can't give you, you know, you know, I, I can't travel with you to mm-hmm. Italy and like Canada and all these places." And she's always been an adventurous, worldly mm-hmm. person, and I felt really bad that I was, you know, grounding her in a way, yeah. and so I. I remember we were about we were getting ready to move out of the place, and so applying for a new place required just our security, so it required uh-huh. all you know IDs and all this stuff. And I just finally broke, and it was it was pretty dramatic. I really I, I oh told her, and that hurts my heart. That, that <laughs> um, it, it sucked that it's, you have to go through this because of your immigration status, but. I'm happy that you found somebody that you could be vulnerable with and Absolutely. really open up. And her reaction was like the best. I mean, I, I really feared. I remember playing the scenario in my head over and over and over and thinking like, how is she going to react? Like what? Is she going to be mad? Is she going to be disappointed? Is she mm-hmm. going to you know, break up with me? Because I can't give her the experiences that she might want right now. Like I, I, that's not going to happen uh-huh. with me until I don't know when. And um, the future was very uncertain. That yes. I was presenting, mm-hmm. you know, and so I, her reaction was the best thing in the world. I really? mean, it what was, did she say? She just what did she do? She was like, "Oh, because I mean, I had I was having such a hard time telling her that she thought it was something horrible." Oh, she, she was like, "Thank she, goodness it's only yeah, this." Exactly. Like, I mean, she was like, well, "What is?" I mean, it was, it was it was dramatic. I'm telling you, it was like. Um, and when I finally told her what it was, she was like, oh, I thought like, that you had like killed somebody mm-hmm. or like, I thought, you know, by the way, I was like acting because I mean, I'd never told a, a partner. I'd never told a girlfriend before in my life. I mean, I'd, I hadn't even told a close friend at that point. She was the first person that I like really came out of the undocumented closet to mm-hmm. outside of my, my immediate family. And her reaction was, was a it was the best. I couldn't have, have asked for a better reaction. And she was like, it's okay. We're going to figure this out. Mm-hmm. We're going to call an immigration lawyer. We're going to see what what we can do. Like, it's it's okay. This is why I wanted to ask you about your love with this other woman and how it's empowered you. Because we were, when I initially met with you the other day, I, I heard a lot of, a lot about your entrepreneurship story, your path there. But there was this, there was another story there right under. It was, it was quietly mentioned, but very powerful. So I, I heard a lot of love in your voice for your wife and, and I understood it to be very empowering for you because she supported you, right? Oh, yeah. 
She supported you. She gave you access to resources through through marriage, financial and legal resources that help you build a better life. And I think this is important to share because it illustrates the importance of what having a legal right to marriage does for people. It, It protects people who we love. So it's important to be able to love whoever it is that we love and be able to marry them because sometimes we are going to need to protect them if they're undocumented. Absolutely. So, so how did this empower you? Oh, man, in so many ways. I mean, just the empowerment really began when that moment when I told her what was going mm-hmm. on. And uh, she, I mean, she had always been supportive, but... But um, now she really saw you yeah, and, and still loved you. And still loved me and still wanted to mm-hmm. figure out how to help me, how to support mm-hmm. me. She's always believed in me and my, my oh, dreams and my like pursuits. I know. choking I mean, me she's, up. <laughs> yeah, no, she, she's always, always believed uh-huh. in me. We've been together for over just a little over eight mm-hmm. years and we often brainstorm ideas together she's been my biggest supporter my biggest cheerleader and as you said you know uh being able to marry and really have a create a, a more uh, i guess secure life for ourselves is gonna, yes it's, it's yes and it is secure when you yeah. when you're not undocumented anymore and and Tienes papeles. Yeah. You're, you're, and it was protected. because of her. It was because of her. I mean, we, she, we got married. And uh-huh. because when did you? When did you get married? In 2017, at the beginning of 2017, uh, January 17, we got married a few days before Trump took office. Actually, oh wow! We so went, you're like, let's do this because he's yeah, not. Yeah, we we went to see our immigration lawyer. I think January 6th, and on January 14th, we got married. And then at the end of 2017. In a day before Thanksgiving, I received my green card in the mail. And yeah, having married and because, you know, we were married, I was able to get my green card. And because I was able to get my green card with How did you feel then? It was when, like, as if a weight and a cage had been lifted off of Ah, me. Ah, a cage. Oh, yeah. Because I had been, like, you know, just, just very scared to go out in the world and because at, at this point i'd already had my health store for about two years mm-hmm. but i'd never advertised i was really scared to even you know go on social media like we did zero zero advertising of any kind like i didn't want anybody to know that there's this undocumented person in the swap meet with this like uh, Run, running know, thriving, a business <laughs> thriving who, do, who does uh, she think she is exactly so uh, we grew entirely through word of mouth. I mean, uh-huh. it was growing and thriving, but entirely through word of mouth. But when when we got, you know, the green card, that's all when all of a sudden everything changed. And it's weird how this one piece of paper really changes the entire course of, of your life. But for me, it changed, changed my whole life. Like, my whole life. <laughs> Good for your wife, too, because she stepped up and she said, I'm going to protect my girlfriend. And support her. I got getting choked up. I know. I mean, she's protected me. Mm -hmm. She's empowered me. She's supported me in every endeavor. She's been amazing. I'm beyond blessed to have such an amazing partner. And her family has Mm -hmm. also been amazing. My Mm -hmm. father-in-law, brother-in-law, everybody has just been so supportive of us, supportive of me. Uh, They all believe in me and, you know, the the Mm -hmm. mission that we have going on in Compton and very grateful. She she has a, a very successful educational practice of her own. She helps uh, students with uh, learning differences. Mm-hmm. And um, 
she's had access to a lot of education. Her family has had access to, you know, and she sounds amazing. Oh, she sounds phenomenal. She is literally one of my favorite, if not my favorite human on earth. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I, and I like her. I like her very, very much. I tell her all the time, um, I like you. Like, I don't just love you. <laughs> I really, really like that's, you. So, that's important. Definitely. So mm-hmm. she's, she continues to, you know, anytime I, I have a doubt about something, I have, uh, or I have an idea and, and, I, and I run it by her, she's, whenever I lack clarity in something, she always helps me get to that clarity that I need to move forward with an idea or a project. And she's a big part of Yeah, of, it sounds of, like of she really gets you. She does. She does. And so you're married now, and you feel like this cage has been lifted off of you. Absolutely. And sounds like this just kind of catapulted you into building your business. So let's talk about your business. Tell us about Compton Health Bars. Oh, Compton Health Bars. So Bar. let's start off That's... with the important stuff. <laughs> your Instagram account and your website and how to get, a, get yes. in contact so with you. So Compton Health Bar, it's at, we're uh, ComptonHealthBar.com. That's our mm-hmm. website. You can uh, check us out there, see what it's about, what's going on, what different services mm-hmm. and products that we offer uh we're uh, on instagram at compton health bar and we are also on facebook at compton health bar and um what it is we are a woman-owned and operated health and wellness store in the city of compton and we specialize in superfoods and herbs and in their healing power what we actually do there is that we specialize in creating custom herbal we call it superfood tonics mm-hmm. uh, but we use different roots herbs plants leaves to create different remedies for people based on what they need. If you come in uh-huh. and you tell me I have, you know, the following health concerns or the following health goals based on your specific needs, we create something for you. And and what is that? There is that like a, a blend for yes, a smoothie? It's a, or, yeah, it's, it's a blend or, that you can then put in your water, you can then put in your smoothies, you can then put in your... I prefer that people just put them in plain water or, or use them as teas. Mm-hmm. But if you're not if you're not used to the taste of plants in, in powder form, because most of what we have I is know, in powder form. We don't form. eat veggies too, <laughs> yeah. so we're not used to the taste of veggies. Yeah, exactly. So if you're not used to the taste just yet, because it is going to be very earthy, the plants. We don't do anything to modify the taste at all. We don't use any artificial ingredients, preservatives. It's all raw, organic plants and. If you're not quite used to the taste, it's totally fine. We encourage you to get creative, put them in a smoothie, put them in a juice. And everybody is different. And keeping that in mind is why we give you the liberty of telling us, you know, what you prefer. Like uh, having you either be your own chemist and experiment with different blends. Or if you trust me, I'm happy to create something for you. And uh, I work there... um, my mom is there with me. She's has nursing experience. Of course, pharmacology. Of course your mom is there with you because that's <laughs> yeah. what we do. That's yeah. what we do. We stay, mm-hmm. you know, and, and my mom, you know, our relationship is, is fantastic. Now we work together and she's, she's a big part of the success of, uh, of Compton health bar. And, um, our mission there primarily is to bring health to the hood. And health to the hood. I love yeah, that. That's our slogan. Uh-huh. Health in the hood. Our whole mission is to bring health to the hood and we do it through our herbs, through our, you know, our remedios, our traditional remedies. Mm-hmm. And we also do a lot of workshops. Uh, we spend a lot of time uh, educating our community. Uh, this past weekend, we just had a book reading for children. And it was a, a children's book reading and mm-hmm. where we had activities to teach kids how to mix powder herbs. And we made That's a drink wonderful. for them. I so love that. We want 
people to just become more aware, more connected uh-huh. to nature. Because so, this is part of our culture. We would have been doing this if we hadn't lost this. Exactly. I mean, our grandmothers mm-hmm. were doing this. Both of my grandmothers. That's how I, a lot of what I know came from my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And, and now we're just kind of sharing that and re- reminding people that, hey, this is where we came from. This is, this this, is these are our ancestral traditions. This is how our ancestors connected with the earth and heal themselves. And so now we're trying to remind people of that. Something that's always been there. It's always been there. And I, I remember growing up, my mom would be like, Vero, ve picar los nopales. Go get the romero. Vero. Picame un poquito de pasote. And I'd have to go look for this plant. Yes. And so now, now I'm not an, I'm, Definitely not an expert, but I know epazote, romero, yes, hierbabuena. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting to me, and, but I'm not surprised, is that you opened up your business in the hood, in Compton. That's mm-hmm. right. It doesn't seem counterintuitive to me that you did do that. And it, it really makes sense to me as someone who advocates for lesbians to queer up space in our own communities, because we do this. We stay where we, we tend to stay where we grew up, so... Why did you do that? Because I find that to be a very subversive act that keeps money in the hood. It keeps money in your community, but it also increases lesbian visibility because it's this big lesbian in Compton that opened up this <laughs> Compton Health Bar. Yeah. Well, um, your your yeah. business is querying up space, but your business also believes in Compton. I mean, why, why did you still have faith in Compton when everybody else well, might not? It's um it's not just the, the, the faith and um you know, first of all I'm I'm glad to be a part of queering up space mm-hmm. in, in Compton because there there isn't a lot of uh, lesbian visibility necessarily in certain areas, the hood being one of them. Right. And uh I'm really grateful for that opportunity to bring positive visibility to the lesbian Latina community. Mm-hmm. But the reason I specifically decided we're going to be in Compton and we're going to bring hell to the hood. Where did that conviction come from? Well, our community, our people, we need it the most. You know, we, if we are to be successful entrepreneurs, if we're to be successful, you know, therapists, if we are to, if we are to be successful professionals, if we want our communities to rise, we have to get healthy. We have to feel our best. And what's going on in these communities? Oh, yeah, I mean, that's beautiful. Growing up there myself so in, smart. in in Linwood, my parents worked two, three jobs. They were always stressed out. You know, th- th- I mean, it was just a constant state of work, 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 stress, stress, stress. No time for health. No time for wellness. No time for taking. You know, for self care. And so, this is just a constant. This is a you know. And so, I saw an opportunity to be helpful, to come in and and say, hey, let's take care of ourselves. Like the people, uh, the demographic, the the people who live in the Latinx community, the black community, like we all have ancestral roots to the the earth where people took care of ourselves and to the earth. And so with the earth. And so my reasoning was, you know, these are the people I grew up around. These are the people that know this too. Yeah, that know this too. So let's help our communities uh-huh. rise. Let's help us get healthier because if we don't get healthy, how can we expect to succeed? How can we expect to be successful entrepreneurs? How can we expect to do anything uh-huh. at all if we're not feeling our best? And and yes, it would have made sense to, you know, open up shop in in Santa Monica, in Pasadena, Pasadena, you know, more affluent yeah. communities where you have vegan juice bars left and right and but 
the fact is that, you know, in these communities that where there's just where stress and diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, mm-hmm. this is what's rampant there. Right. Um, and they and needed you. They still do. This community needs you. How, so how has Compton embraced you? Oh, man, the response has been amazing. I mean, every how single so? day, every single day, people who come into the store who have never been there before, they thank us for being there. They tell me things like, please stay here. Thank you for being here. Don't go anywhere. You know, people walk into the store and they're like, oh, my God, like, what is this? It feels so good in here. And I don't get tired of that reaction. People actually, because of, of Instagram and the visibility and that the we've, you know, amassed uh, on our social media, people actually travel. Like, the Compton Health Bar is a destination good. for some people. And uh-huh. that feels just it should amazing. Be. Like, when people walk in and they feel the love that I put into the store and that I put into the experience and, and into the just just everything that is Compton Health where people seem to feel it and the response again has just been amazing even um I mean and we are definitely in the hood we're on the corner of uh, of Central and Alondra right by the Compton airport but I'm very very grateful that the response has just been overwhelmingly positive and I don't get tired of hearing <laughs> you know thank you for being here welcome to the neighborhood glad you're here I love the way you monetize our cultural practices of curanderismo and uh, cultural healing and making this accessible to a young and modern population. I love that you're making this accessible to Compton and the communities around Compton because I know how it feels to have to travel outside of your community to try and find something healthy. You know, I mean, you have to drive all the way to Pasadena, all the way to the west side, all the way to the South Bay. And it's not fair. It's It's not. It's not fair. that's part of the reason we're there. We don't want you to have to travel so far. We want you to just be able to be in your neighborhood. And I love that it's coming from such a genuine source like yourself because this is your culture. So I, I think it's important that our cultural practices come from a genuine source like yourself, a Latina who grew up in this community and who's passing it on to the community. So what part of your life led you into holistic health? I was going through a health journey of my own. I needed to heal my body, but I also needed to heal my soul from a lot of things. And uh, once I started getting you know, into my own healing. I mean, I was having panic attacks. I was, I had a lot of excess weight on me that then disrupted my hormones. And then that hormone disruption led to mm-hmm. other illnesses. And I was, yeah. So you were spiraling. I was spiraling. And so, yeah, there was healing that needed to happen. And as I got into, I changed my, my foodscape. That's one thing that I did. Your what? My foodscape, I call oh, it. Wow. Like my entire eating plan, the way I ate. I, and then, um, and then I started, you know, getting into the, the superfoods and the superfood blends. And then I started getting into meditation and other modalities. And so as I started healing myself, I realized like, oh, my God, like this is how, you know, if I can teach others, if I can or at least help others get an idea, like lead the way, help others, you know, start figuring it out like that. That would be amazing. That's a ripple effect that we can create. And, so um, your, your learning inspired you to, absolutely, to go yeah. into holistic health. So I it was, really resonated with you. Definitely. I was having panic attacks. I had severe anxiety for a long time, like paralyzing anxiety to the point where I couldn't like go to work <laughs> because I, I was having 
panic attacks. Like my my wife actually had to take me to uh, urgent care a couple of times. Uh, with, oh, so with, they were intense. Oh, they were intense. Like I thought I was gonna die. And, uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> that's, but that's what a it panic felt attack. like. That, that's what it felt like. And after changing the way I ate, the way I you know, just went about my day and got into the superfoods and the connected with my ancestral roots. And like, you know, cause that's a part of me that I buried for a long time. You know, for a long time, I didn't even talk about being Mexican and having a grandma that knew about yervitas and healing. I mean, mm-hmm. because I didn't want anybody to know I was right, about your it. That part of me was completely stashed away. <sighs> and so, you know, once I reconnected with that, I changed my eating and, and try to model more like what my ancestors were eating and try to, you know, get into the superfoods and the roots and the leaves. And uh, again, uh, so you started doing, uh, you started learning a lot. I started learning a lot. And that's uh-huh. when I got into uh, integrative uh, nutrition coaching. Around what year was this? Uh, this was a few years ago, actually. It was maybe in the last four or five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That you really started focusing on this. Yeah. And I started focusing on that because, I mean, I had a, a, a health business already, but my own health was not a priority. And it wasn't until I made myself a priority that I really like, everything just clicked. I figured uh-huh. it out or I started figuring it out because it's still a journey that's ongoing. But my life has changed significantly. Um, I don't get panic attacks anymore it's been a very long time since i've had to pull off the road you know because i can't drive anymore and my my hormones have been you know in in you know you check for a long time and, and you would not be able to tell by your personality you're just so open and friendly and <laughs> and and easy to talk to and you seem very very self-confident so that's that's good to hear. That's good. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, good to no, it's, hear it's that you've journey. been able to it's, it's, overcome these uh, challenges, these mental health challenges. Oh yeah, and the mental health challenges, physical health challenges. That's uh, it's possible and it's doable, and that's part of my mission to tell, show people that you can do it. Like it is mm-hmm. absolutely doable. Like you can be going through some really difficult health issues, but if you look inward and start reconnecting with your ancestors with the earth with uh, the different with you, practices. I like I it's like what you said about prioritizing possible. yourself. Absolutely. When I think about it, that's really the the biggest thing that I wasn't prioritizing my own my own health. And did you get any business training or support what because the way I found you was through the Latina Business Women's Association. That's how I found you. Ah, oh well, yeah, they've yeah. provided a lot of education, a lot of support. I I never, you know, because I didn't, I never went to college. Uh, I went right into, I went from working at warehouses and wherever they would hire me, without papeles, mm-hmm. to entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship has really been my, you know, this my video store was my my first business, and that was business school one hundred and one, mm-hmm. and then. You know, everything I've learned along the way, but the support that I've gotten from the NLBWA has been, has been huge. I joined that organization last year in, in May of 18. And it's been amazing. Like, provided a lot of resources. I, I've taken a couple of their, um, education, uh, like business education programs uh-huh. and, and courses. And those have helped me out tremendously. And in last, Actually, last year is when I went into the integrative nutrition school, 
and I became a certified integrative nutrition coach, and uh, <laughs> and that was awesome. And that um, is awesome. I mean, it sounds like yeah. everything is falling into place Definitely. for you. And the the education continues. I mean, you never really um, you never really uh, you never, never really finish. Yeah, no, you, no, there's you always something stop. new to learn, something mm-hmm. new to explore, a new modality that comes out, a new plant that's you know discovered. There's always something new to continue learning. So that's so. Tell me about this connection, this experience you had with within reach. Oh, yeah. So that was, uh, so Within Reach was the name of the series that the media company Bise selected us to be a part of. And Bise is a media company owned by actress Zoe Saldana, who's just an amazing, amazing person, amazing soul, very uh, influential Latina, bringing light to our community and so Bisa is her media company mm-hmm. and uh, they have uh, a documentary series called Within Reach and they selected us to be featured in their documentaries and that was actually our, our the biggest thing that ever happened to Compton House Bar. I love that. I love that and another Latina gave you this this opportunity. That was, That's what put us on the map and it, it was actually the I mean, I, I, I'd never seen my social media, my Instagram go Blow as up. nuts. Like, I remember really? I woke up October 12th, 2018. I still remember. It was a Wednesday morning. Uh, last year, I woke up and my, my notification. It was all lit it up. It was just lit. I was like, what is going on? And then I see that I'm tagged by Zoe Saldana on this, you know, within reach uh, on the Bisa documentary. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy for you that that happened. That was huge. Thank you. <laughs> that was huge. Uh, and that's when... We went from being a local Compton business to now we have people. Now you're reach, on the map. Oh yeah, now we have people reaching out from New York, from Miami. We have customers from Chicago. We have customers. I mean, just mm-hmm. yesterday at the store, these two women came from North Carolina because they saw our documentary uh-huh. and they're like, the next time that we're in California, we're gonna visit. And we've gotten so much of that, and that was all because of Bisa. And um, not only that, but we have. A huge following in Latin America. Oh, we have do people, you? Oh, yeah. yeah. We have people from Chile, from Argentina, from Colombia. And I'm just like, my mind is blown. I, I can never believe You it. know, yeah, it couldn't have happened to a nicer person than yourself. You really do have a, you really do have a great energy. Thank you. Yeah, which, again, this is why I wanted to invite you to be on the podcast, because you've, re- you've received a lot of attention in the past couple of months. And this has placed you in a position that you can probably leverage to increase lesbian visibility. And I found you through the post through the, uh, through the Latina Business Women's Association. And you're very open about your sexuality. You, you, your wife is there. You're, it's very easy to identify you as a LGBT, as a lesbian woman. So do you ever get to talk about this part of your identity within the, this process? Because it, I ask this because the LGBT community has a purchasing power of $1.7 trillion, which is almost equivalent to the Latinx buying power. But it's important because it's estimated that only 4.5% of the population is LGBT, but the Latinx community is almost 18% of the population. We have more Latinos, more Latinx people than we do have LGBT people, but our buying power is just as powerful. It is, and that's pretty awesome to know. And yeah, we support businesses that support us, and yes. this is why we are, businesses cater cater our our support. So, do you get to talk about this part? Not, 
at all actually you are the first person to ask me anything about you mm. know my being queer identity in this you know entrepreneurial space I'm very glad that I'm so obviously gay. <laughs> I like that. And you're obviously gay. <laughs> you are. Very, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. very happy that, about the fact that when, you know, people, that I am easily identifiable mm-hmm. because I, I do yeah, want to bring that's more important. positive, you know, re- representation really matters. Representation matters. And I'm very grateful that I'm in a place where, you know, all this attention is coming that is bringing mm-hmm. attention to our mission to bring health to the hood, but also providing more lesbian visibility. You're being very genuine about it, too. It, it makes sense. You're, this is who you are. This is what you look like. And you're still thriving. You're thriving. And I want, uh, and I want people that. to see that and hear that. As we were saying, that we can be happy, Absolutely. we can thrive, and we can still be gay. Yeah, be gay, be out, yeah. be proud. Um, you know, and, and again, of course, in, as a out and... I love being out. I mm-hmm. love living my genuine imagine life. Imagine you know, not the, being out. Oh, I can't imagine You think imagine you would that. be able to thrive in your in your own business if I don't you were living think so, in So, you know, what? I, and I'm it's interesting you bring that up. I think it's because I'm able to just be myself and live my genuine life and that's courageous. Thank you. And I, you I, you can apply that to different parts of your your world. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it was because I and you're right. It, it's 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 because I'm able to just be myself and be out and you know, go to events with my wife. And even when I'm in my store, like talking about, you know, health and, and meal prepping, I always talk about, yeah, my wife and I do this together. And, and I, I, I can be with a random customer that I just met for the first uh-huh. time. And I will bring up how my wife and I meal prep and how we cook together and how we do. Great. And, and how does that go? Uh, how does that go for you? So far, I've never had anybody like walk out or, you know, just be like, oh, you know, or shut it down immediately. I've been, everyone I've ever spoken to uh, so far, I've, I've never had a negative reaction or any interaction where I felt that was being rejected because of your sexual because orientation. Of my sexuality. And of course, you know, when you're a queer person in a non queer dominant space, and people don't have a reaction, you really truly don't know whether the people are not reacting because they genuinely like who you are as a whole mm-hmm. or if they don't bring up the queerness because it might be too uncomfortable right. for them. And so because you don't know that, for me it's important because I don't know that, it's important to just be as genuine. And live your truth. Exactly. And- because I think it's important for people to realize that, you know, we are... We're just people. Mm-hmm. We just, you know, we happen to be queer. We happen to be lesbian. We happen to be, you know, trans. But we're just we we're are people. people too. We have a common yeah. humanity. We also yeah. have our dreams, our goals, exactly. And we have marriages. We have, you know, we have. We love. We love. We live. Yeah. We laugh. We do everything. You know, we're just mm-hmm. uh, we're just people. And so, for me, it's important to live uh, my my genuine life and. So far, I've been fortunate to only have positive reactions to that, and yeah, so it's attracting good things to your life, right? Yeah. So I just keep keep that going, keep that keep that going, and you know, hopefully, uh, when people see me, if somebody is not out, if if somebody is thinking about coming out, or. Yeah. Thinking about bringing their wife yeah. to the next event. Look at Danny; uh, she's, do, she's they, doing they it. Do it. She's yeah. doing. Yeah. She's she's loving and she's thri- thriving in exactly. business, right? loving and thriving and. And it feels great. Very, very grateful. Again I'm, I'm so happy for you. I am so happy you. for you, for your wife, for your family, that you're going through, that you're, that you're growing. I don't want to call it a moment. 
but that you're that you're growing. No, we're continuing uh-huh. growing, and it, it feels. Um, so tell me about your plans for the future with your business. Uh, what what do you what do you envision? Well, uh, right now we're in the process of uh, of creating more uh, community programs, more community workshops. We are expanding our our store, you know, to to accommodate more people. The goal has always been to do as much community work as possible. Mm-hmm. And so we're now moving into that space of being more involved in the community. And in addition to that, we're also focusing on our digital content. You know, every single Tuesday we do uh, an Instagram live session where... Oh, every Tuesday? Yeah, every single Tuesday night at 8 p.m. we have a little show called... Uh, a little series I like to call Health in the Hood. And we do a different topic uh couple weeks ago we covered the topic of getting your greens and then mm-hmm. a week before that we covered the topic of skin care and then we cover different health topics to educate our community mm-hmm. and i'm excited to see people tune in all the time yeah. ask questions it gets very interactive sometimes oh, really? it gets emotional sometimes it's a it's a really exciting so well we we need to make a shout out to lesbian bisexual and queer women to support that i think uh, thank um, you thank we, you we need to cross post it on a, a different uh, on different venues so that we can pull these queer bodies into that space Please to support. Do. Tuesday nights or you know come into the store, tune into our our Tuesday night show. We also occasionally do a, a Friday night show with my mom where we do it all in Espanol. So that if you're oh, watching yeah, with uh, with your that. tia, with your mom, with the, you know, and they prefer uh, interaction in Espanol. My mom and I go live and we we have our sessions in Espanol. In fact, if you go to our Facebook. There's what, a couple. What's your Facebook page? Our Facebook is at Compton Health Bar, mm-hmm. and you can find some of our episodes there. There was one in in, uh, in Espanol where we we were filming a keto oh, bread recipe. Keto. Oh, <laughs> yeah. really? We wow! Were, I we gotta were, log into that one. Yeah, check it out. We were doing a, a live uh, info, a live health in the hood in Espanol, and we were sharing a keto recipe, and it happened to be during the earthquake. And it was pretty funny because I wanted to stop. And my uh-huh. mom was like, no, vamos a seguirle. La gente quiere pan, pan para el susto. <laughs> la, la gente and quiere like, pan, yeah, ah, pan para like, el susto. I'm like, I'm scared. Like, <laughs> me, I might need to stop. But So so we're going to continue expanding on our digital content since we notice that people really are responding to that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to expand on that. Uh, so we, we plan on doing a lot more outreach in the form of digital content and physical workshops in the store for people to attend because uh education is very very important and if people are going to get healthy they need to mm-hmm. know how to do it do you have a calendar on your website where people can log in and find out or how do yeah. how do they know so, about your uh, workshops so currently we just advertise through whenever we have events we just advertise them on our social media so if you want to follow us on instagram it's at compton health bar mm-hmm. on facebook is at compton health bar mm-hmm. we don't have the calendar up in the um, on the website yet that is something that we are that's part of the future part oh, of the future so plans there nice. so repeat our, your website for that's comptonhealthbar.com okay. and that's where you can actually book consultations with myself with my mom oh i did see that oh yeah so you can book mm-hmm. consultations you can come on there and look at the different superfood blends that we have available on our services page we have the different um, ailments that we have natural solutions for and then again, if you follow us on, we are very active on Instagram and on Facebook. On Instagram, we're constantly sharing content on yeah, greens are. and our, you know, we, we stay very active on there. So that is one of the best ways of finding out what we're up to, what we're doing, new blends that we're experimenting with. And so I, I do encourage you, you know, to check us out there if you, you know, if you want to know a little bit more about what Compton Health Bar is and uh, what we're up to. 
Well, I, I just I want to encourage everybody, everybody to go on and, and support your business, especially mm-hmm. I want to encourage lesbian, bisexual and queer women to support a lesbian mm-hmm. owned business. Mm-hmm. Thank because you. we need to support each other Definitely. and we know we we have the um, purchasing power to be able to do that. And I get so excited when gay people walk in. I'm like, yes, yeah. yes. Go, go, <laughs> yes. When go in there, tell, in. tell Danny you're gay. <laughs> tell Danny that you heard that, that you heard it here. Yes, so that So that she knows that her community is supporting her because yes. we need to support each other. That means a lot. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Hi, Danny. So I want to thank you. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for sharing thank your you. story. It, I feel like it's so empowering. It's so loving and uh, it's so genuine. And it really resonates with me as far as that immigration experience because I'm also Mexican and I was also undocumented until I was 12 years old. So I can't imagine not having the opportunity of going to school. That hurts my heart because I was able to go to school and follow my, my dreams. But you really created a beautiful life for yourself. Thank you. With Thank you, you and your wife and your business. And I want other women to see that and, and you know, be happy for you and Thank think you. that they can create something like that too. Yes. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate you having, uh, having me on and, um, couldn't be more grateful. Uh, going through a very exciting time and, um, just look forward to keeping that energy going. All right. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Danny. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. your host Veronica and I want to thank you for listening to the Latina Lesbian Ike podcast. Continue to listen to us as we dive into the lives of Latina lesbian, bisexual, and queer mujeres. Please subscribe to our podcast so that we can build a strong online Latinx LGBT presence and visit us at our website www.latinalesbipodcast.com You can find the link on our website or in the notes section of this episode. Let us know what you think by sending us an email at latinabylesbian at gmail.com Hasta pronto, amigas. Bye.